Good morning, a very warm welcome to our service this morning. It's really great to have you with us. My wife likes to put everything in the diary. She loves to have something to look forward to. She enjoys the build-up and the anticipation of things that are to come. Every week through Advent, we've been lighting the Advent candles, each one reminding us of part of our story. The patriarchs, the prophets, John the Baptist, Today we remember Mary, who bore the Saviour in her womb. Each week, as a light is lit, it gets stronger and brighter. And so we're mindful that Jesus is coming, and we're challenged to be ready. As we begin to worship then, let me pray the collect for today, the special prayer of the Church. God our Redeemer, who prepared the Blessed Virgin Mary to be the mother of your Son. Grant that we, as she looked for the coming of our Saviour, would be ready to greet him when he comes again as our Lord and Judge, who is alive and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen.
Our Gospel reading is taken from the Gospel of Luke and we're going into the Magnificat in uh, chapter 1. My soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Saviour for he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on all generations will call me blessed. For the Mighty One has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their innermost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones, but has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. We've just heard the Magnificat, the beautiful song of Mary, when visiting her cousin Elizabeth, having responded to the angel's message. A humble young woman put in a difficult position, betrothed or engaged to be married, then something astonishing happens. An angel announces to Mary in a vision that she's to give birth to a child, who is to be the promised Messiah. What must have gone through her mind? The thrill of giving birth to a child, but unmarried and yet engaged. The social implications that would bring, and what would people say? What would Joseph, her betrothed, say? Her mind must have been in turmoil. Mary, however, expresses praise for God for his treatment of her, then extends her praise to how God has treated the righteous throughout the ages and how he will vindicate them finally in the future. Understanding what God is doing, she feels joyful and she speaks for herself and her community and the people of God throughout the ages. God is worthy of praise for what he will do in taking care of his own. Understanding God's blessing moves the believer to joy and appreciation since the Almighty cares personally for us and act on our behalf. God has chosen Mary for a reason. She is exemplary of the humble, faithful disciple. That a woman provides such an example is significant since first century culture often relegated women to secondary status. Such examples exist in the Old Testament as well, though, such as Miriam in Exodus and Hannah in Samuel. Mary's poetic outburst echoes the language of the Old Testament Psalms, but with a view that sees the present in the light of God's God's consistent activity throughout time. Her praise is personal. Her soul and spirit offer praise. She speaks of her humility and glorifies the Lord. 
She acknowledges his goodness and brings attention to him, like a huge neon light shining out from a building. She makes his name great and approaches him, recognising her humble state as a servant. Yet though she addresses God as the Mighty One, she knows that she has nothing to fear from his power, because he's also her saviour. Her humble view forms a basis of her gratitude. Her exemplary character grows out of her understanding of God's character. God owes her nothing. She owes everything to God. All the good things that come from his hands are acts of grace. Despite her humble position, she will be blessed for, de for generations to come because of God's grace in choosing her to become the mother of the Messiah. God has done great things on her behalf. Generations will see her as an example of a simple human, touched by, by divine power and presence. Mary genera generalizes her praise and God's mercy extends to all those who fear him. This description is important in setting the context of the song's statements. It's the righteous, those who look and turn to God, who are objects of his blessings. Though the blessings she mentioned come to those in need, they are not carte blanche. They're not uh, to offer all the poor and the hungry, but only those who look to God for care. God's mercy shows his loyal love, and such love is faithful, as well as gracious. Loyal love is the basic theme of Mary's song and his treatment of her. God's divine loyalty requires his action on behalf of the beloved. Those who stand in opposition will face God's power and authority to bring them down. His arm will be raised against them, and whatever earthly authority exists, it is nothing before the mighty decisive exercise of divine authority. God is working on behalf of the pious and the downtrodden. These verses express the traditional Jewish hope of vindication in the face of oppression by the hands of the foreign and pagan rulers. Mary knows that the promises of God abide, and this is evident in her praise. God's loyal love is central to the hope and assurance of those who God made known made himself known to. Luke's portrayal of Mary here shows a woman confident that God will care for the remnant of his nation. They, like her, will see God's powerful hand move on their behalf. God's loyal love and the truthfulness of his holy character make such assurance and hope possible. Even more amazing is that others who are not originally included in the promise, namely the Gentiles, will come to share in this hope and will benefit from this vindication. At this point, I'd like to read the Magnificat from the version in the Message Bible. I'm bursting with God news, says Mary. I'm dancing the song of my saviour God. God took one good look at me and look what happened. I'm the most fortunate woman on earth. What God has done for me will never be forgotten. 
the God whose very name is holy, set apart from all others. His mercy flows in wave after wave on those who are in awe before him. He bared his arm and showed his strength, and he scattered the bluffing braggarts. He knocked tyrants off their high horses and pulled victims out of the mud. The starving poor sat down to a banquet, and the callous rich were left out in the cold. He embraced his chosen child, Israel. He remembered, the, uh, remembered and piled on the mercies and piled them high. It's exactly what he promised, beginning with Abraham and right up to now. Mary speaks of God's power over the past generations of his people that we have heard about in the Old Testament, just as Mary had. Perhaps the words of the Magnificat had taken shape in her mind during her journey to visit Elizabeth, who was expecting a child. A child who would be called John and would be known as John the Baptist. These actions have already begun to take place. The Messiah has been conceived and actions that are the same kind as those God in the past history of Israel. Mary's humble state and feelings of unworthiness for God's honour places her alongside the godly people in Israel and possibly also refers to the poverty and oppression that they were suffering. The Messiah would act on their behalf by bringing in the kingdom of God with its associated blessings. But not just to them, to the Gentiles and ultimately to the world down through the ages. As Mary says, all generation will call me blessed. Amen.
So let's pray together. Gwedion. In joyful expectation of the coming of Jesus, let's pray together as his family, the church. Lord, we pray that you would come to your church as Lord and Judge. Today in our prayers we pray for our newly elected Archbishop, Andy. We pray for John, our Bishop, here in Swansea and Brecon, and for the whole family of the Church in Wales. We pray particularly for your blessing on our own church family and for the worshipping communities in Gosainan and Lache. We remember our brothers and sisters in the faith in parts of the world where they're persecuted because of their faith in Jesus. And we pray too for those who minister in parts of the world that are troubled, areas where the Covid vaccine is not so readily available. Lord, help us together, wherever we may be, to be your light in a dark world, to look forward to the time of your coming, where you would bring a new kingdom on earth, just as it is in heaven. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that you come to your world as King of the nations, Today, we pray for all those in positions of authority, for those who represent us in Cardiff and Westminster. We pray for government, local, provincial and national, and for world leaders who continue to negotiate the challenges of COVID. Please, Lord, give them wisdom. May they do justly, love mercy, and walk humbly with you, our God. And may they ever be mindful that world leaders will one day stand in silence before you. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray that you would come to the suffering as saviour and comforter. We remember particularly today those who have asked for our prayers, those who find themselves in any kind of need. And we pray particularly for those who have no one to pray for them, those whose needs are known only to you. Break into our lives, Lord, where people are struggling with sickness and distress. We pray that you set them free to serve you forever. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. We know that you will come as the shepherd and guardian of our souls, Lord. And so today, we remember in our hearts and in our minds those that we've loved and lost, those who are no longer with us. Please comfort those who are grieving. Give to the faithful a, a share in your victory, Lord, over suffering and death. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come from heaven, Lord Jesus, with power and great glory. Lift us up to meet you, that with St. Catherine and all the saints, we may have a share in that life that you've promised in the new creation. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Come, Lord Jesus, don't delay. Give new courage to your people who trust in your love. By your coming, raise us up to share in the joy of your kingdom on earth as it is in heaven, where you live and reign with the Father and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
Amen. Merciful Father, accept these prayers for the sake of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. Amen. Well, as Christmas draws closer, I do hope that you'll join us to celebrate the birth of Jesus, Emmanuel, God with us. Christmas Eve at five o'clock, we've got a, a, a Christmas carol extravaganza singing carols in the park with Lecha Town Band. It promises to be a joyful, festive experience, and I hope that you'll join us in Parkawerin on Princess Street, Christmas Eve at five o'clock. And then for the Eucharist here in St. Catherine's at seven o'clock in the evening. On Christmas Day, we gather together at half past nine in St. David's Church in Lecha. And again, I hope that you'll be with us. All of the indoor events in St. Catherine's or St. David's, you'll need to book in for those. So if you haven't done that already, please try and do that as soon as possible to avoid any kind of disappointment. Now, as we begin a new week together and as we build up to Christmas, let me pray for God's blessing on you. The peace of God, which passes all understanding, keep your hearts and your minds in the knowledge and love of God and of his Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. 
and the blessing of God Almighty, the Father, the Son and the Holy Spirit be upon you and remain with you always. Amen.